I'd like to mention a longtime partner of mine, Mountain Op Supplements. I take their products every day and they keep me performing at my best year after year. I should also note that my son Truett works for the company, so I have firsthand knowledge of their focus on faith, family, and fitness. Makes it really easy to partner with a company whose values align with mine. They have a special deal for you guys right now for the podcast launch. If you use code KEEPHAMMERING on a purchase of $75 or more, you get a free Keep Hammering BCAA and my new signature flavor, pineapple. I'm all about high-level performance, and the BCAs really help me perform. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a company that's very easy for me to promote because I drink coffee all day, every day. But more importantly, they are a huge supporter of the veteran community and are a veteran-owned business, so they have my full support. Use code KEEPHAMMERING for 20% off your first order and 20% off subscription to The Coffee Club, where you get exclusive coffee blends and merchandise. Every step I take, I move my truth. Every time they tell me stop, I use. Every comment, hate that makes my feel. Gather up my energy and boom. I hear them talking, saying the way that I move is so reckless. That is a part of my mind I've been blessed with. Giving my blood so I am relentless. All right. Well, this is a Keep Hammering Collective. With Nick the Trainer Dude. <laughs> what up, what up? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, man. Doing good. <clears throat> just feel pretty blessed to be here today with you, and it's just a great day, so <sighs> feeling, feeling awesome right now. Well, yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to sit down and, and tell your story, help, yeah. help tell your story. You've been telling, doing an amazing job, but yeah. um, I want to make sure we get out your journey. Yeah. And I was thinking about it today. <clears throat> um, there's certain people in your life where, like, I, I just remember being at work in my old job and they'd say, yeah. Hey, uh, there's some buff guy here looking yeah. for you. Or if they knew you, they'd be like, Nick, the trainer dude's looking for you. And yeah, instantly I would like be in a better mood because yeah. I'm like, Oh, when I see you, <laughs> when I see Nick, the trainer dude, you're always smiling, always happy. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I was thinking, God, I wonder. So like when my tax guy calls yeah. my CPA, <laughs> yeah. he'll call and he'll be like, Cam, this is Wade Bell. Yeah. And I'm like, oh uh, my God. So, and it's not bad. It's yeah. just, I know it's going to be, I got to pay more money. There's a situation. A situation. And so like you are the opposite of the bad situation. Yeah. Nick is always, what I've always said is like, you seem like you just won the lottery every day. Every day. Yeah. And that's, a, that's, dude, do you know how, how lucky you are just for that mindset? When I was younger, I didn't, you know, but as I've gotten older and just living more life for sure, I feel pretty blessed to have that ability to just constantly be happy, right? Even in the midst of just hard, <laughs> hard things, you know, but uh, that's also what makes a great story though, right? And I, I remember the first time I ever went to your work, right? And I was just like, you had that pull-up bar in there and I yeah. would just like do, go over and do pull-ups. And <laughs> for me, it was like, oh my gosh, you get to go to Cam Haynes' work and do pull-ups in your little cubicle, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just sit in this little box for like <sighs> eight hours and I would leave and go run the mountain or something. Keep yeah. hammering. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I. it's, uh, yeah, so we had, that was my life for a while. A long and, time. And you'd yeah. come and, uh, yeah, I mean, I was definitely jealous of, of you had a lot of freedom it seemed like but yeah. still you know hey everybody has to work everybody's you know? got to work right and, yeah and you you work as hard i mean you're up what time did you get up uh, or what time do you get up normally normally 2 45 right every single day 
And then you go train. And then I go, well, I go try to get a workout in, mm -hmm. run the mountain or lift. And then I start training my job at 4.30 in the morning, 5. Okay, so just I'll catch everybody up. Yeah. So you are a personal trainer. Yep. You own a gym. You yep. own Max Muscle Supplements here in town. It, well, it's called Salvation Fitness and Salvation Nutrition now. We oh. It was Max Muscle, but we changed it over when I took over Max Muscle. But forever, we didn't have a name of the gym. It was just Nick the Trainer, dude. Yeah. So we decided to like, hey, my wife's like, maybe we need a name. You yeah. like, They're like, what's the name of your gym? And I'm like, uh, Nick the Trainer, dude. <laughs> so, so finally, she's like, we need a name. So we got a name. It's like Salvation Fitness and Nutrition Center kind of because we got a little store where we sell products. Okay, okay. And then we have the personal training on the other side and all in the same little building. But well, this, this has been years in the making of this, right? As yeah, you know, right? I know. Yeah. So it's like, that is, I mean, for people who don't know that, that all sounds great, but how the hell did Nick Hammond get there to yeah. be a business owner, yeah. owner of a gym, have a beautiful family? It, that's not how it's always been, huh? No, it, it, uh, it definitely, I was been thinking about this a lot lately just cause you asked to, Hey, come on, let's, let's talk, let's share your story. And it's like, and then when we did, you know, eight hours of running and hiking the other day, we <laughs> yeah. had a chance to talk about it. But yesterday I was thinking to myself and when I was 17 years old, I had a baby. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and I grew up pretty rough. I had a, I, I had a pretty rough upbringing, nothing consistent, some, just a lot of drugs and poverty in my family. Mm -hmm. And so there I was at 17 years old and as a high school dropout, um, I had no, no parents around. They were non-existent. They were high or on drugs, just gone. So I was kind of by myself and at 17 years old, I get a girl pregnant. And in that moment, I just, I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't want to, <clears throat> I don't want to live like this. There's got to be another way. Right. And mm -hmm. so at 17 years old, I, I was getting high. I was causing a lot of problems. I enrolled myself in a, in a rehab program called looking glass, a local company here. And I started going to rehab, you know, when this girl was pregnant at 17 years old and I enrolled myself back into high school at Churchill high school. And I had to go to this, uh, teen parent program, which was pretty, I don't know if you ever been to a teen parent program, no, right? I didn't but even like, like the adult parent program. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think we went to one Lamaze class right. or whatever. Oh. I was just laughing the whole so time. So I'm like, here I am, I'm 17, right? And I got this like three month old baby and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go to high school, which I was never good at school because I didn't have a good childhood of like I went to probably 20 elementary schools. My family moved so much. There was mm -hmm. nothing was consistent, right? Everything was hard. And so here I am, it's it, I'm 17 and I'm carrying this baby in a, like a little baby pack because I got to bring the baby to school to be a part of this like team. Like on Hangover, like how they're yeah. taking the baby yeah. in the elevator. But I'm wearing like Dickies and G-Nikes because I think I'm a thug still, right? So my head's shaved. to be a thug with it a is, baby. It is, bro. You're rolling the LTD with the baby. And so I show up and there's 30 girls in this class mm. in high school out of all Lane County. I'm the only dude. Mm -hmm. None of these other dudes are there. They're, they're off just impregnating these girls, right? Hanging out, being do. homies, right? Mm -hmm. And here I am like, okay, I'm going to change my life. So, you know, I'm 17. I'm, I'm, I'm going to high school. My day started at 2:45 in the morning at 17 years old. And I'd get mm -hmm. up and I had a yellow huffy bike cause my license got suspended. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't afford a car or had a car. So I rode my bike from river road here in town to downtown Eugene. And I pumped iron because I always wanted to be a bodybuilder. What was the gym? And uh, it's called Ironworks Gym mm -hmm. and Pacific Nautilus is what it yeah. used to be downtown. Yeah. It was just this like, hardcore yeah. gym upstairs, right? And so I couldn't afford a gym membership, so I'd sneak in the back door. 
<laughs> but like, I just, I started my day lifting weights and then I ride my bike back home and I get the baby and then I'd ride the bus all the way to high school, go to school all day. And then I'd ride the bus back to uh, meet the girl who became my wife that I had the baby with. And, uh, and then I would ride my bus all the way to Springfield and wash dishes. And I was just thinking about it yesterday. That's where it started, right? Like I was 17 years old and I was busy 20 hours of the day and, and just to like survive. <laughs> I was, I was like, I got to go to school. I got to get this job. I was making like $4 and 10 cents an hour washing dishes. And at night I would miss the, the last bus. So sometimes I had to ride the bike all the way from like Springfield, clear out to River Road. Oh my gosh. But like, I would just get up and do it again, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and that's where my life started, right? It was what, just like- what, what made you get up and do it again? To be honest, like an honest answer was I wanted to be a bodybuilder, mm -hmm. right? I didn't know anything else. I didn't have people in my life that were like good examples or live. I just knew that I didn't want to live in poverty mm -hmm. and I knew, and we were, we were on food stamps. I was barely living, you know, I was 17 yeah. <laughs> and there was no people helping us out. Right. I just knew that there had to be something better. I just, I believed it with every ounce of energy in me. And I just knew that, that God just had something different planned for me, but nobody was going to hand it to me. Mm -hmm. And I just started doing that, you know, for a long time, for like a year and a half, I woke up and and I eventually ended up leaving high school when I only had a couple credits left because I just couldn't pay the rent. Mm. So I got a second job and I dropped out of high school. And now I'm 18, 19, working three jobs, barely paying the rent. Now I'm living with this girl. We have a baby. Uh, we're not married. And then by the time I'm 21, I have two more girls. Wow. So like 17 to 20 was pretty chill, mm -hmm. if you call that chill, right? Like I used to push the baby on a stroller to the laundromat with bags of laundry, right? Just to yeah. do our laundry and then go get groceries in my backpack and carry them home. But to be honest with you, at that time in my life, the vision of being a bow hunter and a vision of being a bodybuilder is all I could think about. Yeah. Like it like, and I was neither. <laughs> right, right. But I just wanted you to had go a dream. I had a dream and it, it got me up every day at two 45 in the morning when I was 17. And it still gets me up today. Like yeah. I get up at two 45 in the morning at 43 years old. Mm -hmm. And, but it, and that's how, that's how it started. Right. And then at 21 things got hard, mm. like because there was three babies there was no education. There was no people around. Nobody knew who I was. I was missing my teeth. Remember when I met you, I had no yeah. front teeth, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I had to smile. So when you ask, like, how do you smile? I'm like, bro, I didn't smile for like eight years. I never smiled because I was ashamed of it. You know, mm -hmm. and you're missing your front tooth and you're working three jobs, but you want to be a bodybuilder, you know, like, yeah. and I never smiled. I was like, how could it be this hard? You know, cause I'm 21 and I'm literally working three jobs for seven or eight years. Hmm. I never had a day off. I didn't have Christmas off, Thanksgiving holidays. I just had to work every day at minimum wage to pay rent mm -hmm. every single day, every single year for a long time. But all those years led up to that vision of being a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. When I was 17, I applied for a bodybuilding show. And, and then I found out I was gonna have the baby. I threw it away. I crumbled it. The best part is though, at 25, I'm broke still, I'm poor. I mean, I don't got nothing, bro. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, I kinda, I've read your book. I know about you and you've been inspiring me for a long time. We'll talk about that in a minute. But like, 
I go do that same bodybuilding show that I was going to do when I was 17, when mm-hmm. I was 25, and I win the entire show. Jeez. Like eight years, I'm just grinding in the midst of hell. And and it was that literally a month later, I start working at the Bow Rack mm. and I became a personal trainer all in the same like month. Wow. And I just, I look at what happened and it was like, you had this dream and this vision of your life. Mm-hmm. And all I ever wanted to do was go bow hunting and like be a bodybuilder. And yeah. the minute I fulfilled that destiny yeah. of what I wanted to do when the time I was 17, it instantly came to me. Like literally a month later, Wayno at the bow rack is like, I'm shooting bow league. And that's another story if we want to get into that. But I'm like this poor kid down at the bow yeah. rack trying to like just shoot a bow from the pawn shop that I bought for 80 bucks, hoping <laughs> they don't make fun of me. In there. Oh, and, uh, but those years were tough. You know, they were, is that when, when was that show where you had to sleep outside? Or that was it. Yeah. Okay, that, that was, I was 25. I'm repoing cars for a living. That was one of my jobs and I merchandise beer and wine. So I get up at two 45 in the morning yeah. and I merchandise beer and wine till one. And then I go repo cars till like midnight. And then I would sleep for three hours and I would do it again, do it again. But I would squeeze in some training sessions mm-hmm. here and there. Right. How'd you and, eat enough? I did not I was yeah. 25. Right. I just, right. I, there was no food or money. Mm-hmm. I just, I was just a beast. And I, I don't, we were talking about that the other day. I don't know that you ever get that back. Right. That grind. That eye of the tiger. We talked about Rocky getting soft. Yeah. I can't remember who we were talking about or why we were talking about, but it is hard to replicate that, that grind on the way up the mountain. Once you get to the top of the mountain, (laughs) staying there is one thing, but it's hard to like be as hungry coming up. No, you can't. And and, in that particular bodybuilding show, I went to this show and I don't know if for those of you listening, like at a bodybuilding show, normally people go and they get a hotel room and they, they weigh in the night before and they got all the stuff ready. Right. I literally slept in the casino in front of the doors of the, of the, of the venue mm-hmm. and woke up at 7am and weighed in and then competed. And then that night, bro, it was like, it was the, one of the best nights of my life. Right. Cause it's been going on for years. I've been yeah. dreaming about it. And in here I was, I was the champ. I was the, Oh, I won my class and I won the overall novice division. People were taking pictures of me and bringing me their cameras and showing me like, look at you. And I was just like, I'm missing a front tooth. But I, <laughs> and it was then when I started smiling though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, I literally was sleeping on the floor of the venue mm-hmm. and I had to be to work in like six hours back to repo and cars. Cause they didn't care that I wanted to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> right. right. And, uh, and, but that was, that was when I really believed that you could do anything you want. Mm-hmm. And it might've taken me eight years. And all I did was win some local bodybuilding show. And right. in the scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back eight hours later and go repo cars and go back and merchandise beer and wine. But from that moment on, when I remember one guy, I was merchandising beer and wine and he was like talking crap about the crackheads in Springfield missing all their teeth. <laughs> and my head was down and I'm like shuffling bottles, you know? Yeah. And I just looked up at him with a big old smile in my missing tooth, but I'm yoked, you know? And he's just like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, so I guess that, that proved to you that dreaming did i mean the dream came true your your dream came true so it's like it gave you i guess confidence and having faith huh having faith absolutely and the confidence and again you go to those the two things in my life that i can't ever do again Mm -hmm. was that bodybuilding show and i competed 20 times since then and have never felt the same yeah and then 
in 2011, I finally killed a bull elk in the wilderness, which I sucked at for a long time. <laughs> yeah, and and I've killed some bulls since then, mm-hmm. but nothing. Those two moments for me personally, outside of having all my children and mm-hmm. my wife and like the things that I have, nothing. I've never felt that feeling ever again. I've chased mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But I've never felt it because it was something that took so long mm-hmm. and nobody understood that grind. But it was yeah. like, I know they're simple things, but they were getting me out of bed. Yeah. And when I did those two things, they they changed my life forever mm. because it just taught me like if you don't ever give up, if you just keep hammering yeah. in whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. it will happen. It just might take 10 years or right. 20 years or whatever that is, you know? Well, I mean you put in the time you put in the work yeah and it paid off and it's like yeah it wasn't like winning olympia but no olympia wasn't even on your radar probably it's like no. this show <laughs> and here you know we have this is a great community great community Absolutely. but yeah to to us and to me too it's like if i could get my picture on the at the wall or on the board at the bow rack yeah that's as big as it gets <laughs> the so best I, day ever. I get that you winning yes. that show it might as well have been olympia Oh, to me, I was Mr. Olympia. Who cares? Yeah. 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 Because it's like, and like you putting up a picture of a kill on the, on the board at the bow rack. What does that mean? Nothing, but it's the best day ever. (laughs) It is. When they used to have the picture board in there and, and by the time I ever killed anything, there was no more picture board, but I still took one in, you know what I mean? Cause I was like, egg this up. Yeah, I know. Been wanting to make that board for years. Yeah, because years. I worked in there for like four years, looking at everybody's pictures, still never killing anything because yeah. I suck at it. You know like what I mean? Pump, I think they had to take it down because people were like poking out my eyes. Oh, they were every <laughs> I, when I worked in there and all your pictures they were like scratched on or hated yeah. on. Everybody was hating on Cam back then, even before you were a beast. You know, or yeah. you were a beast, but uh, it, just back then. But it's all just part of that journey, you mm-hmm. know. And and those years of literally working three jobs and and trying so hard just to do something Mm -hmm. it it just it's turned me into what i have today right Mm -hmm. people look at me now like my ideal schedule right now is i work like three days a week and Mm -hmm. then i have four off and people everybody people who don't know me they're like not not compared to you but it's must be nice it must be nice right like (laughs) it must be nice just to have all this time and i'm like you have no idea what I had to do just to get a day off, mm-hmm. just a day, you know, yeah. and, and now it, it and it's, I'm still, it's still hard, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot we'll probably talk about in a little bit. I mean, I'm living in a camp trailer, right. you know, my power went out at two in the morning, right? right? Like, but a lot of those years leading up to it just calloused me for like climbing 11 summits or 12 summits or 10. Yeah, it's hard, but it's just another eight hour grind, right? It's like that mental toughness, like Mm -hmm. your hat says, or your shirt say it's all mental. And it's just no more truth to that than just going through. But without that vision, Mm -hmm. what are you, what are you doing? You know, know. like you, everybody, I really believe that everybody has something inside of them that they want, but they're just scared of it, you know, because it's going to take a hundred thousand more times than you think it's going to take to get there. And people just stop. Yeah. It's, 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 there's no shortcut to the top. No. And yeah, I, I understand it does get hard. It feels overwhelming. It feels like there's no hope. And so people quit. They just yeah. would have stuck with it. Yes. You know, and that's, I think, has you, have you seen where your story and your experience has helped other people? Oh, I mean, absolutely. At this point in my life, there's probably not a day that goes by that someone doesn't, you know, um, 
message me or just tell me in person how their life has changed from what I've done. But also what I get to do with my life now is I, as a personal trainer, I have 60 to 100 people in a week that I'm in contact with, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're just working out, but really I'm a life coach. Yeah, We're like, hey, we're going to do this today. We're going to, I've helped hundreds of people lose hundreds of pounds and, and just marriages and kids, relationships, and all these things are just so much better. People got better jobs and, yeah. and it wasn't because we just went to the gym. Mm-hmm. It was because they came in and they were like, I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, let's go here. And I don't know when we're going to get there, mm-hmm. but we will get there. Yeah. I don't care who you are because yeah. I know as a matter of fact, if you just keep going and going, yeah. you're going to end up. You're bound to get there. You're bound to get there. I, I lived on food stamps for 13 years. Hmm. And that's crazy yeah. when I think about it now. Like I couldn't eat without the help of the government for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And I had three jobs the entire time. That would that a lot of people would think, what's the point? You that's know, why give people, up. that's why people in poverty don't come out and yeah. everybody outside of there doesn't understand that if they've never lived it but they're mm-hmm. just like I'm just gonna stay here yeah it's because <clears throat> if you had to if you had three jobs and it still wasn't enough I mean most people are gonna have three jobs no they're not gonna have two jobs so yeah it does kind of take that there has to be a glimmer of hope and people just don't have the hope it seems like no and the bodybuilding and the hunting it kept me going mm-hmm. right like every year it was like after I won that bodybuilding show a year later, I won the Oregon State Championships. Mm. And then a year later, I went to the Emerald Cup up in, in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it was 2007. I went to this like, oh, I'm ready for the big dog. You know, I'm going to yeah. go to the big show. And I go there and I get crushed. <laughs> I take seventh place yeah. at this show. And I'm like, everything is just sucked out of me. You know, yeah. like here you were the local champ, the state champ, and then you just get worked over. Right. right. And in that particular bodybuilding show is 2007. Mm-hmm. I didn't win that show until 2017. 10 years later. 10 years. Yeah. I tried four times, and every time I went, I took seventh place. Oh my. In 2011, in 2015, or no, 2000, 2007, 2011, 2015, I took seventh place. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, I won. How? Well, I mean, what was the, what was the difference? It, the difference was, is we were talking about the Rocky thing. Mm-hmm. And even though like I was tough, I got soft. Yeah. And so I won when I was young, when I was hungry, I was coming up, I was sleeping on the floor at the hotel room. But now all of a sudden I had hotel rooms. <laughs> I'm Nick, the trainer, dude. I own a gym, you know, I'm pumping iron. I'm yeah. like, but I'm, and I look good. Yeah. But it wasn't here anymore. Right. It was gone. And I had to look at myself year after year. I'm just losing and losing. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. And then finally I was like, where's that dude who rode his Huffy bike mm-hmm. with a baby on his chest to high school? Right. With no one around. No one cared who you were. No one knew who I was. Yeah. And I just did it with this passion that was so strong. And I found that guy. Mm. And I was like, that guy. And... The week before that competition, I lost both of the most important people in my life Mm. within 18 days. My grandparents kind of raised me because my situation growing up was rough. Mm. And when I was a kid at like 15, I have pictures of my grandma posing in her, in her kitchen, right? Mm. Because I wanted to be a bodybuilder. Yeah. And, um, she died a couple of weeks before that bodybuilding show. Mm. And then grandpa died like 18 days later. And it was like. That journey, though, they were dying already, right? And that journey was just like, bro, what are you doing? These people are dying, and you have this vision, and you're just being soft, or you're eating a little extra 
potato chips or a couple yeah. good, whatever yeah. it was, right? Yeah. And I just didn't do it that time. And I literally showed up there and I was that confident kid again. Mm -hmm. And I was 30 something by this point and I win it. Wow. And it was just like, dude, you just took 10 years to do something, you know, yeah. and not one year, not six months, not 20 workouts, right? 10 years yeah. of hard workouts, right? Not running. I wasn't running. Then I was just lifting yeah. every day and hard. And I don't think people understand. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I tried, I tried your diet one time yeah. and I got kind of <laughs> lean for me or whatever, but people don't know that, you know, people might say, well, one or two extra chips. Is that really going to make any difference? It's like at that level, it makes a difference. It does because you know, you're not just doing that one time. No, you're doing it both. As soon as you have one chip, you're like, you're like in the covers by yourself. You're just shoving chips Yeah. because you, it's the, it's the discipline in it. Right. And mm -hmm. so like, here you are 10 weeks into a diet mm -hmm. and you have one chip, your mind just got weak. Mm -hmm. Oh, you had one. Let's have you another. Lost. You lost. And mm -hmm. it's not the chip. Like I'm shredded right now. I just had some tacos this morning or something. You know what? I don't know. I just, I eat everything. Yeah. But it was my mindset. Right. And that was what was happening in all those years. I was mm -hmm. being soft where when I was poor and I was young, I just ate two pounds of chicken mm -hmm. and ate red potatoes every day. There was all I could afford. Right. I didn't eat one other thing and I was winning. But then right. I got a little more money. I'm like the trainer. Yeah. I'm training people. People are throwing <laughs> me some chips, you know, like I'm like, I'm eating a little extra. And so I had to go back to that kid. Right. And yeah. then, but you can't replace that. Right. You, in the grind, no mm -hmm. matter what level you're on, whether you're just a local guy like me trying to win a, a, a big amateur bodybuilding show. And in the bodybuilding world, no one knows who I am. Right. And I've competed 22 times. I've competed on the national level, taken fourth. I've won every local show there is to win. I've lost every show. Mm -hmm. And no one knows who I am. Then Mr. Olympia doesn't know Nick the trainer, dude. <laughs> right. And partially because drugs are involved on a high level. Yeah. And I took them for a short period of time when I was young because I mm -hmm. thought that was going to be the way to win. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing was, is while I was taking the, the anabolics, I never won a show. Really? The only shows I've ever won were just me training with nothing. It's pretty odd, right? Because in my mind, I look better, but I was being, it, for me, it just wasn't what I, it wasn't my journey. It was part of my journey, yeah. but I had to, I, I just had to look at my family and my life and make some decisions a long time ago that mm -hmm. that wasn't part of who I was anymore. Were it, or when you were, so taking the anabolics, were yeah. you heavier though? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah like so when I first, when I first met you, like I was working at the bow rack yeah. and I was probably like, I got up to 220. Whoa. Right. And I'm five, six, like right I, now I'm 170. You know, I do. Yeah. Now that you say that, <laughs> I remember you must've needed money, but you're, you're posing out by the street. Yeah, I held a sign out on Pioneer Parkway, like, because I needed gas money to get to the bodybuilding show. Yeah. So I had the guys from the Borac hold a sign. This is posing for dollars. So I stood out on the Pioneer Parkway in the middle of the city, like, trying to collect some gas right. money so I could get to a box. <laughs> so stupid. But I made like $3. Oh, my. And it was hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you were huge. I was, yeah, I was just like, I took all those years of training yeah. and then I applied the anabolics with the food and the mm -hmm. learning more and then it just enhanced it. But I, it, it was still, it wasn't the mindset wasn't yeah. as tough. Right. And so that was the difference in all yeah. those years later was I wasn't winning because I didn't look better. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe it. Yeah. When I won that first bodybuilding show and I won the Mr. Oregon, I had 26 guys in my weight class mm. and I was 170.1 pounds. And when I went to that show, I didn't even know I could be beat. And I'm, I'm broke. 
Yeah. Wayno at the Borac handed two days before that bodybuilding show, gave me my paycheck. It was $700. I went to Albertsons to get some more chicken. <laughs> I leave my wallet on top of the car. Oh. I'm de- brain dead, right? I don't, yeah. I'm getting ready for this big show. Yeah, you're just depleted. I lose my wallet. Oh. It's the only money I have. I don't have a savings account. I'm 26. I've been working all these jobs, but now I'm working for Wayno at the bow rack. He hands me my paycheck. I cash it. I go get some chicken. All my money's gone. Oh. I call Wayno. Wayno borrows me 700 bucks, right? And that he just paid me on my paycheck. <laughs> but I'm like, Wayno, I got to get to this bodybuilding show. So anyway, I get up to this bodybuilding show and, and I win this mm-hmm. this thing. And, and it, and I just, but I didn't know that I could be beat. And that was the difference. Yeah. Yeah. L- later, the internet came out. I started looking at other guys. You're worrying right. about other people. Mm-hmm. And I started losing. Yeah. Isn't it, that crazy? It's crazy because yeah. you're worried about. It's just that. It, so it's, it's, it's in your mind. It's, I mean, it's, it's all in your mind. Yeah. When you think you're unbeatable and you don't know any different, you are unbeatable. You're unbeatable. I thought, I mean, I'm 5'6 and 170 pounds, and I thought I was Arnold. You know, he's like <laughs> 6'4, 280. Bam. Yeah. But in my mind, going in there. Yeah. And. When I look at that video of that particular show and they're like scrolling across, everybody looks awesome. Mm-hmm. But the confidence level in my face mm-hmm. and my smiling with my missing front tooth up there looked kind of scary. <laughs> but I was so confident <laughs> that it was just like, bam, you know, like it was the deal, right? Hoyt Archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005. And personally, I really don't care what bow you shoot, what brand it is. I just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as I have in mine. Because I know if I get one opportunity with my Hoyt, it's gonna pay off. I think a lot of you guys will be interested in this next sponsor. First Light Farms is a New Zealand-based farm that ships elk meat straight to your door. The reality is not everyone's gonna fill their tag every year. So First Light Farms is ready to fill your freezer with lean protein that is high in iron, zinc, and B vitamins. To tell you the truth, I've been pretty surprised at how tender the meat is from First Light Farms. And I guess it's because they have no natural predators in New Zealand, so the elk live a pretty low-stress life, and you can taste that in the meat. They're offering listeners of the podcast a 15% discount using code CAM15 at stateclub.firstlight.farms. The link will be in the show notes of the podcast for those interested. When you talk about that, it it does it gets me thinking. Something as simple as smiling, because I've seen people with bad teeth and the, and they smile, you know, they do. or they cover their mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, what you had to go through mentally that had to be hard. Yeah, well, I it mean, super hard. It's like people take for granted, like I got all my teeth. Yeah. It's just like it's just it's, it, it's not even a thing you think about, right? So if you don't, I can't. That had to be. Well, by the time I was 21, and it wasn't from a drug use, it was just my parents didn't take care of my teeth when I was little. Mm-hmm. By the time I was 21, I'd lost 12 teeth. Oh, man. I still have none in the back of my mouth. I don't have any teeth. Mm-hmm. They're gone. Yeah. And I had to sleep with homeless people when I was 20, 17, 19, because I'd get an abscess in a tooth and I got no money. Mm-hmm. The jobs I had were minimum wage. They don't give me health insurance. Mm-hmm. And so there was this place that would pull your tooth, but you had to show up at three o'clock in the morning and get in line. And then I'd show up at three o'clock in the morning in the cold. I'd wait a few hours. I'd go into this place and they would pull my tooth and I'd get back on the bus and go to work because I had no other option. So I had lost like 12 different teeth in my mouth by the time I was in so much pain and, and, and there was no reason to smile. I just kept believing that something had to be better. 
And finally, were you, were you faithful at that time? There was in and out of mm-hmm. faith. Like I have a strong faith now, and but I did when I was young, but my life was so hard mm-hmm. and my wife's life was so hard. It was hard to like, there was no, we weren't going to church. And mm-hmm. I always believed like something inside of me when I was young was just like, man, there's gotta be a God or something out there. That's just bigger than what we are. Did you pray? Not a lot. And I, and the funny thing is, is the years later around that, probably like 28, 29, um, I, things got really hard and I was married to that girl for 13 years. You've met her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, we, sh- she was homeless when I met her, she was 15, I was 17. We both grew up pretty rough. Right. Mm-hmm. And so here we are living this life and around like 28, 29, um, I'm deep into the anabolic addiction and I'm smoking a lot of marijuana to calm myself down from the anabolic addiction mm. while I'm working the three jobs and I'm trying to live and my wife gets an addiction to heroin and life gets crazy. Right. But mm-hmm. that's when the faith got really strong. It mm-hmm. got harder at that point at the same time. But those 13 years of all that grinding still led to some hard things and bad decisions. Yeah. And I had to work out of those in the later years in my life. But that's when the faith got really strong. And, and one of the stories, like a testimony was the teeth thing, right? So Eric McCormick, the yeah. Beastmaster, right? I'm living with him. Uh, and another guy, cause his wife had, or girlfriend, fiance at the time had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a rough time, right? I'm, my, my wife takes off. I'm 30. I have three teenage daughters. It's kind of when I met you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm living with three girls, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nick the trainer, dude, just this like beast of a human, like trying to raise three daughters. I'm missing my teeth. Yeah. Shit's a hot mess, Whew. you know? Yeah. And, um, I go with Eric for the first time and I go on a hunting trip and he never been hunting really, except when he's a kid, but I take him up to Oak Ridge and we're driving around Yeah. and I'd been praying a lot this particular year. It was 2011 mm-hmm. was the year we'll get into that story when I kind of met you more mm-hmm. than I knew you. And I just felt God was like, you need to pray with this man. And at the, this particular day, he's cussing God. His wife just died, drowned. He watched her get carried away in a casket, right? Like it was a bad deal. And he's like, just all the things like mm-hmm. about God. And that day was the first time I ever prayed with someone because God was just like, pray with them. And I'm like kind of scared, but he's my buddy. So I prayed with him. I came home. There's no joke. Can't make this stuff up to where I was living. I was living in someone's house with my daughters. This guy was dating a dentist. Big Will, yeah. Alter Beast, right? Yeah. So he's dating. I remember her. Dating, she was kind of shredded too. She's shredded. Yeah. yeah, she was hot, shredded. She's a cool yeah. chick. Yeah. Renee Watts. Mm-hmm. And I get home from praying. I never prayed with anybody before my whole life. She comes up to me. And now all that, I just kind of told you about my teeth. I've never, she comes up to me and she's like, hey, I want you to come to my office tomorrow. I'm going to help you fix your teeth. And I'm like, uh, unreal, right? I'm like, ah. So I go there. In the next six months, she fixed my entire mouth and I got a front tooth. Wow. The minute, 20, 30 minutes or hours, not very, just a short amount of time mm-hmm. after I prayed with someone for the first time. It's powerful. It's powerful. And earlier that year, I had saved up $2,000. Mm. My wife was living on the street, d- addicted to heroin. Mm-hmm. She had no front teeth. Mm-hmm. I thought that if I gave her my money mm-hmm. to fix her teeth, that maybe it would help. And I did not like this woman. Right. But God was like, give this woman your money. Even my daughter's like, you're crazy. Yeah. That's all the money we got. And six months later, some someone blessed me with 
you know, do you know anybody else who ever just got free teeth? Yeah. No, no. you don't. And I, you can't explain that in any no. other way to me other than here I was nine months earlier. I finally had $2,000 saved up. I give it all the way to someone to fix their teeth. And nine months later, I'm getting free teeth and I'm yeah. smiling. You're not going to convince me that there's not God yeah. or some sort of higher power after I did what he asked. Yes. I prayed with someone and now Eric is a big believer. And if you talk to Eric, right. And on that day he was not right. Right. And it's just that those scenarios, right. Of, yeah. of that part of that, of your life that where I'm just, you, I wake up every day and I give thanks. Yeah. And well, we talk about the smiling and it just, you have to, right. It is. It, that is proof. I mean, there is a scripture that says, I mean, the more you give, the more you'll receive. And uh, I mean, you gave and yeah. you received. And I received. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and I never read the Bible much. I still haven't, to be honest with you. I'm a big believer, but I just, I've never, not very good at reading. Didn't really go to school, so I don't read a whole lot. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Probably need to read. I see, I see your daughter in the house. She's like, I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm reading. I'm like, I go probably read more this morning than oh. I've read, you know, well, my whole life. But you and a, me both. Yeah. She, yeah, that's all she does. But it's just that I I realized then on that particular moment in my life that mm -hmm. if I give and I gave every dollar I had, I was broke again. But I just thought, oh man, maybe she'll do better. It didn't help. Right. She still got high, and that's another story. But. um that was just another. That's okay because we can't we can't give in banking on hey I'm going to get it back and and more. No, I mean, no, that's not why you give. That's not why you give. If you and, give and that's your intention, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You literally have to give for just the reason of giving, mm -hmm. right? And you have to give with no expectations and not doesn't matter what the person you're giving to does or does with it. It's just what it's your journey and mm. you helping someone else. And over the last 10 or 12 years, as I became more successful and made more money, I'm giving all the time. I yeah. just, all, everything I got, I'm just, I just give it to people are like, <laughs> I actually just gave a car, a car to the same lady who I bought teeth for. Really? My wife, my ex-wife. Yeah. She didn't have a car. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, wake up one day. I got this little Honda, right? It's like beat up, but I drive it for like a putter. Yeah. And I'm like, God's like, you need to give that car away. And I'm like, no, nah, God, I like this car, right? <laughs> so I'm telling my, uh, my kids, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go to Burger King. I'm going to set outside. I'm just going to give this car away to someone. And then my middle daughter, who doesn't have a good relationship with her mom, but she has a lot of faith. Mm -hmm. She's like, you need to give that car to mom. And I'm like, no, yeah. I can't give this car to mom, right? Yeah. Like, this is no deal. And uh, and I, I hadn't talked to her in years, right? She's around, but I, I find her. Mm -hmm. She's like, what are you doing? And I, I pick her up and I hand her the keys to this car. This is just last summer. Wow. And I drive her back to the gym and she drops me off. And now I got no car and I give my ex-wife this car, right? The funny thing is, is one of my teeth uh, in the back is years later started mm -hmm. hurting and it was right before this big race I was going to do last year. I started throbbing mm -hmm. and I knew this other dentist, another trippy story about God. Right. Yeah. And I call this guy and I'm at it and he's like, Oh, just come, come down to my shop and meet me there. It's Saturday. Mm -hmm. He brings a guy in. He sits there for six hours and molds me a tooth, mm. fixes it and sends me on my way a week after I give my car away to the lady that I can't stand. Yeah. 10 years after I bought her some teeth, it's still repaying me. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Right? It's amazing. It's just, it's just, it's when you wake up one day and you give all faith 
and you really believe mm-hmm. and, and you give the glory, I just, you'll never convince me that it's, that it's not the way, but those first four years of being a believer or what a, mm-hmm. a I don't know what they call it. Cause I don't do a lot of like the scripture reading, but right. like just praying and believing I became homeless. I lost my wife. She got addicted to heroin. I slept on floors. I slept in cars with my three daughters. It wasn't. So it was an immediate fix. No, it got harder. Yeah. It got harder for like three or four years. And then one day it got better. Mm. And then it got better and better. And now, like you look at my life now, I got this beautiful wife and these kids and and these businesses and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, Nick the Trainer dude's living the dream. Balling. Living good, baby. You know, taking trips with Big Joe. (laughs) Well... I mean, you, but your attitude never changed, at least from what I saw, from when I met you in 2010, 2011, yep. you've, you've been even, I mean, and so it hasn't all been gravy no. because we had a fire come through here, a big fire. It was like weird because where we sit in the valley, normally the wind comes from the west and it's from the coast and it's blown to the east. Well, we had a big fire. And the wind had switched and it blew to the west. It did. And so it blew that fire down into where people lived, which is where you lived. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it was, uh, it was Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a bow hunting trip with my wife and my two buddies. And we were on our way back. And there was some smoke going on and stuff. There'd been a lot of fires that year anyway. You know, it was pretty yeah, it's rough. Dry. So we get home at like 5 p.m. We've been hunting for four days on Labor Day weekend, me and my wife and, and the boys. And we... we uh, get home and it's smoky everywhere, but we just kind of go to bed at about nine o'clock that night. We've been home for four hours. We're exhausted. I got to get up and go to work. And at nine, our power shuts off. Didn't think anything of it. Power shuts off there all the time a lot. Where you live up the river. We live up river in the mountains, right? And, Mm. And it was windy that night. We knew it was a storm, but just didn't think anything of it. And at midnight, I get a text message and it's like emergency evacuate, like right now. Mm -hmm. And and I go outside and there's the highway look like Armageddon. Like mm-hmm. they can't even pull on my driveway and there's ash coming everywhere. And I'm like, oh, there's a fire, mm-hmm. right? And I go inside, I wake my wife up. I'm like, we got to leave now. And I grab, the only thing I had was my bow because it was in the truck from hunting and a bag of like some hunting supplies mm-hmm. and one laundry basket, my three dogs and the kids. And we jump in the truck and we head into town. We go sleep at the gym because that was where we went. And mm-hmm. it took us about two hours to get in, right? And that's and about, what, 20, 30 miles? It's 20 mile, twenty minute drive, 25 yeah. minute drive. And it took two hours because there were so many cars trying to get in and leave. It felt like a movie. It was unreal. The cops were going the other way. Firefighters were going into it. And the next 12 hours, we just kind of sat around in awe, you know, like what's happening, what's happening. And then later that night, the first night, one of the firefighters, I know a lot of them, uh, called me. And explained to me that my house was burned down to the ground. <laughs> he sent me this picture and there was nothing. And I like, I just fell to my knees, you know, and just started crying. And like, I had to go tell my wife like, Hey, we just lost everything. Like there's nothing, there's like, there's nothing left. Every, everything is gone, you know? And I'm a pretty positive guy, right? Like, um, I've been through some stuff and, And I, but going over to my wife and letting her know that everything we had just worked for, for the last 10 years was gone. I have valued myself on becoming a hunter, right? And I got like a few animals in my trophy room, burnt, everything's gone. The kids is just everything, right? There's nothing left. There's a big bunch of cement. What what did you do? What, when you told her what, what happened? Um, I just held her, you know, for a while and then, 
of course I couldn't sleep that night. And the next morning, like I just got up and I went to my gym and I started cleaning my gym. It's six o'clock in the morning. And, and I was crying like every hour, I'm just like bawling and then I'm cleaning and then people started showing up, you know, and I just went to work and I started, they're like, we don't need to. And I'm like, no, I need to. You know, like it's gone. It's there's nothing I can do about it right now. Yeah. I remember my wife that day. She's like, "Hey, can I just have one day of you not being positive? Because <laughs> I just want to be mad for one day." Yeah. And I'm like, "I'll give you one day." But I said, "Tomorrow, we're gonna wake up and we're gonna go to work, and we're gonna live our life." Yeah. Because there's nothing we can do about it. It is out of our control, and it is hard. And I'm sorry that we just lost everything, and I lost everything for like the third time in my life this was a little different. It was mm-hmm. in my new life with this wife and these beautiful little yeah. boys and they never experienced. You, know, you were living good. You were making good decisions. Everything. You were like, everything was you, right. I, I, I could see somebody questioning why, why me now, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, you could be, you could turn it into being the victim and being mad, mad because I'm living right. I'm doing everything right. God. Yes. Why did you take this from me? Again? Why? Yeah. And I, and, and I asked that, I'm not going to lie. Like those thoughts went through my head, but I just thought back to that kid again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, you got to keep hammering. Yeah. You got to show up. You mm-hmm. got to, you got to go be, you're a positive influence for human beings in God's creation. Like it's not your time to sit here and why me? Yeah. I wanted to, don't let me lie. Like my house burnt down. I saw, didn't you make a post and you were praying that was that yeah. that morning? That was that morning. I was sitting in front of my gym, like bawling, praying, like just couldn't control it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just breaking I, down. I, that I was gone on a hunt. I was yeah. in Colorado. And, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that because you, you are great at praying. It, it is one of your gifts. I love it's, praying. Uh, yeah. And, um, it's so genuine, it's heartfelt, but at that time it was the same genuine and heartfelt, but also heart wrenching because you were, you lost everything. Yeah. You, you were in pain, but you're still praying. Yeah. And that's what made it so powerful to me. Yeah. And it was, but that was like the, the, the reality of life. We talked about that the other day on the mountain, right? Like even at our worst day, mm-hmm. still pretty good. Yeah. We, in this day and age in 2023, probably in most places in the world, and there's a lot that's not, but in most places, our worst day is still pretty good. Right. It is. And I just reminded myself of that. And I was like, you just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. There's something better. There's some, there's gotta be something. And I just look back at all those situations I went through in my life and how hard it was, mm-hmm. but I just kept waking up and I had a vision and I kept trying, you know, and, and to be honest, like, you know, you were such a big part of my life before you were ever part of my life. And I picked up your bow hunting trophy blacktail book. I don't even remember where I bought it, like the sportsman's warehouse or mm-hmm. something. I don't even know what year it came out, but it was years before I met you. Yeah. So I'm reading this book because I, I want to kill a buck, right? Still haven't killed good bucks. I <laughs> Besides the point, we don't need to talk about my hunting skills, right? You're the man. But uh, I carried this book around for years. I like carried it with me on hunting trips. Like, all right, there's a track, like still. It's it a heavy book too. It didn't work. All right. I, 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 I didn't make good decisions. I, I yeah. did a, it's a hardback, hard yeah. super. <laughs> thick paper full color so if you pack that around I packed it around for a long time and I remember the coolest part for me and one of the biggest parts of my life and as I was driving here today I was kind of tearing up just getting even we're friends I can come over here anytime I come to your house whatever I want right but like I carried your book around for a long time before you ever knew me Mm -hmm. I drove past the bow rack 
and I felt ashamed because I was young and poor and had no money. And I didn't go in there for like two years because hmm. I didn't think I belonged. And then I just, and now like you and Wayne, these people in this book, you guys are like my best friends mm -hmm. and it's not real. Yeah. You know, like there was a time where you were just people I read about in a book. Mm -hmm. And this morning I was talking to Wayno and now I'm on your podcast. It's, it's yeah. not real. Oh. And you can't tell me that hard work envisioning and believing in something doesn't pay off Yeah, because there was just a time where I remember you coming in and I'm working at the bow rack and they're like, Cam's here. And I'm like, Oh, I'm making your arrows. And Wayne's like, don't mess them up. And you talk about nerves, you know, yeah. like, and, and then, you know, I remember the first time I killed this elk in the wilderness, you showed up to my gym that I was working at and you handed me a Ridge Reaper, I think t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. It was the best day of my life, bro. Like I just killed a bull, which was awesome. That's a big deal. And you were just such a big part of a lot of people who listen to this. And a lot of people over the years that you've inspired that you don't even know you were at that time before there was social media, you were that for me. And then to have you go out of your way to come to my gym and just, Hey, good job. And then I remember later that week you made, you're like, I'm like, Hey, let's work out. And you're like, come run with me. And I'm like, <laughs> you've ever making me run those mile repeats Yeah, over at South Eugene. Oh, my yeah. heart rate. You put these strap, this, uh, heart rate thing to me. Yeah. And he's like, all right, you're going to run a mile and you're going to rest three minutes, mm -hmm. four times. Yeah. And I was like 190. Yes. <laughs> it was, it was redlined. <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, you came and worked out with me. And then for a lot of years, we just, cause our schedules worked and we just yeah. worked out together, you know? And it yeah. was, it was such a big part of me moving forward in my life and accepting, not being ashamed of where I came from Yeah, to just go be you and to just become friends with you because you're just the most genuine guy as well. You have such a presence in the world now that it's people who knows what everybody thinks something different. But mm -hmm. when, when I was living that over those next couple of years and hanging out with you and I still didn't have any money, mm -hmm. you're like, Hey, come to my house and get some boots so you can go hunting or here's some binoculars or here's a backpack. Mm -hmm. and I think everything I had was like, I was like, all my buddies always joke, Oh, you're campaign sponsored. Are you? <laughs> I'm like, look, you just, yeah. you know, because you, you didn't do it because someone asked you to, or right. it was just, and, and, you would, I remember for years, a true story. I had shoes. I couldn't afford shoes for like years. I couldn't even buy a pair of Walmart shoes for like 15 bucks. And I'd wear plastic bags in my shoes. So my feet wouldn't get wet. Cause there was holes in them. Mm -hmm. And then when I met you, you'd like show up with like four pairs of Under Armour shoes and drop them off. And I'm like, I felt like I was on the top of the world, mm -hmm. you know, like here I was living this hard life and now I'm making these changes and I got people like you and these other people blessing my life. Mm -hmm. It just, it was unreal, you know, all the way down to the house burning down. And the next day you're like, Hey, let me get you some clothes. A lot of people help, but you just, you were such a big part of that for me mm -hmm. my whole life. And, and you're still a, part of my inspiration, even though we're like buddies, right? I'm up there doing 10 summits last yeah, Friday. That was impressive. And you were just in my mind, like, go do this, bro. Yeah. Like it, nobody cares. Yeah. Well, you I mean, you, you, you've helped me too. I mean, I remember that the first time we lifted that was at, uh, 
what, international or what it was, was like it 24 called? hour fitness or 24 something like hour. That. Yeah. 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 And we got a picture over there kind of by the, I remember big will, that's where he used to kind of go and be yeah. crazy yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. And I think he did a hundred squats of 225 or whatever yeah. he did, but we got a picture over there Yeah, was, or maybe it was on the, no, on it, the curl machine. It was, no, it was, that was our first picture. You, you brought me some shirts yes. and it was like a sacrifice reward shirt right. and that's I'm missing right. my front tooth, yeah. right? But I didn't care. Like I'm jacked and I'm hanging out with Cam Haynes. <laughs> and I think one of the boys they were little then but they came in with us and it was yeah. probably uh tanner i don't even remember they came in and worked out yeah and took our picture and i remember leaving that day and it was just like for me having to look up this because i didn't have people to look up to i didn't have mm-hmm. a dad my mom was married five times before i was 12 like you were a role model in my life and wayne was a role model in my life and i kept looking at you guys over the years and was like what are they doing? You know, how do I live like that? And I just kept looking at your guys's lifestyles and I just, it's how I'm living now. I live mm-hmm. your guys's lifestyle, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's because I created that in my life. Right. right. I found you, I seek, seek you people out and, 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 and I just was inspired by the way you guys just consistently live your lives. And I'm like, I want that. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do I live like that? It wasn't this money thing or this, it was just, I just wanted to live like that, right. you know, like I remember it was New Year's Eve. I used to smoke a lot of pot, mm-hmm. a lot of pot. Even then I was smoking a lot of pot when I knew you, I just hit it really well, but I smoked a lot of pot. Mm-hmm. I'm driving over to New Year's Eve party at Wayne Indicott's house. I'm still smoking a lot of pot. You're there. There's all these people there. And for you listening, this isn't a New Year's Eve party. This is like a family get together right. where the men are talking about their hunting for the next year, talking about your businesses your ideas, where you're going to fish, where you're going to hunt. And I'm rolling from the gym training people. And I stop by the house and I smoke a joint mm-hmm. and I go over there and you're there and all these people are there. And I'm asking myself, I said, I looked at all of you and none of you were high or drunk. You were, the women were outside trying to get some drinks. <laughs> none of these men in this circle drink or party. Mm-hmm. It's not what you do. Yeah. But here we are New Year's Eve and me and you were playing some stupid dress up game i have a picture somewhere with like the elsa frozen or something and we got some stupid yeah. wig on right and that mm-hmm. night it was the last time i ever got high that was 10 years ago mm. and i woke up that day and i was like you i was lying to myself I'm like you say you want to live like these men and you aspire to live this life but you have to go get high just for you go hang out with them bullshit yeah i was being weak right and i woke up that day and i never got high again because I was done lying to myself. Even though I was doing all these good things, but it was still my vice. Right. And everybody has a dilemma like, oh, weed's good. Whatever. I don't care. Right. Smoke weed. It's not. Yeah. About, it was my it's issue. That's not the point. That's it's not, not the, the point. point. The point was is I was being weak. Mm-hmm. And from that day, my life has never went backwards. Ever. Because I just woke up and I was like, I'm never going to not give 100% into my life again. And if I have a vice, it's gone. Wow. That was it. That, and I, I, I didn't even, I didn't know that. It was a true story. You and Wayne there. And I looked at you both and you were just sober and you were talking about going hunting next year. And in t- that was 2011. Mm-hmm. And then it was 2012 going into that year Yeah, and, or, or going into 13. It was going mm-hmm. into 2000. It was 10 years ago right now. Right. That year I met my wife. I opened my gym. I went on an out-of-state elk hunt with Wayno. I borrowed $1,500 at 29% interest, by the way, <laughs> to go hunting with Wayno out-of-state. But everything I'd been dreaming about came true. 
And I told God on December 31st, I said, I'm going to give you one year of being sober. And if you don't dramatically change my life, I'm getting high forever because I love smoking weed. You know, I love it. And on December 31st of that year, I have the three daughters and all that hard life. And now yeah. I got this wife and this new, this new girl mm-hmm. on December 31st, we're at the doctor's office and I find out I'm having a son. And God's like, here you go. Here's a son. Here's a wife. Here's a business. Stay sober. Stay sober. Never got high ever again. Wow. And I never will. Never. I want to sometimes. Because <laughs> yeah. I just like, the weed store's right next to the gym. Everybody's smoking. I'm like, ah, oh, I can just get on one. But I can't. Yeah. Because it wasn't the point. Right. My life dramatically changed because I asked God. And I've been praying decision. for a couple of years at mm-hmm. that point, right? And But you were just at so many different parts of our relationship and these other men in my life are just a part of that process. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, you know, you bringing all that up. It's, it's one reason I think I'm very protective of my friends. I know you are because people can talk shit about me. Yeah. I'm whatever. It's been happening for a long time, 30, over 30 years. Yeah. But when, what, cause I know what you went through or people used to talk, shit about Roy sometimes even. Yeah. And it's like, nothing makes me more mad when I see uh, just this hate that's just unnecessary. There's no reason. And because yes. I've never even really thought about it, but it's like you saying all that and all that. It's like how many people are just like you that just need a little bit, just a, a boost. And then they yes. see now with social media, they see somebody taking a shit on them or all the time. And, and it's just like, how many dreams are you fucking up basically? because of that? Yeah. Yes. Because you just can't be nice. Yeah. I mean, and I just, <laughs> I just was irritated last night because I, we had Dale Brisby out here and he's shooting a bow and people were like, what? It's like his first day shooting a bow and people are like, Oh, well, correct. Whatever. In his form. And I'm yeah. like, what the, can <laughs> you guys stop. just chill out? Can yeah. you chill out and just say, Hey, good job. And so it just, you telling that. And then it's like always been a big thing for me. It's like, Hate on me, yes, fine. But these guys who are giving their best, yes, fucking let them, let them be, let them be. But and they, be supportive. And, and, and it's hard for people to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I mean, I'm just a nice guy. People have a hard time hating me because <laughs> I'm so. I just, I just love you all, right? Yeah. And I remember about that particular thing. You got in this big situation with one of your magazines because you put an article in there with me in it. I remember mm. years ago, it was like a great day for me, by the way, <laughs> like yeah. I'm in the magazine and, uh, there was some of these people, I don't know the exact story, but yeah. they were hating on us. Right. Mm-hmm. Or making fun of me or something like that. I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't care. Like what I didn't even bother me, but you were just livid yeah. that these people would go out of their way to, to do this. And it's just people, right. They're just, I never wrote for that magazine again. I, <laughs> so it's just like, that's how much it means to me, but it's just like, I, I just don't, I don't know. Life is fucking hard. It's super hard. And it's, it's in at this day and age, like to have a friend like you and to like, just be where we're at. And cause people don't know you. I've mm. gotten to know you over the last 10 or 12 years on some level. And we spend a lot of time together on and off, but we're, we're just dudes that take care of our family and we get up in the morning and we just try hard and we're not doing it for any other reason. It's not mm. for money. It's not for social status. It's just because there's this this desire inside of us to be great. Yeah. And if we don't try every day, what's the point? Yeah. People die today. Yeah. They're dead. Yeah. They're they, they're dying right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. 
and you're waiting till tomorrow. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense, you know, and getting and surrounding myself with guys like you and Wayno and then just these other great men in my life. It, it's got me to where I'm at today. You know what I mean? Through all these different triumphs and, yeah. and it's still hard. I'm living yeah. in a trailer right now because the house burned down. But you are having a house built. I, I mean, am, so I am building like, the house how, with my bare hands. This? Yeah, how sweet is this? Nick the trainer dude is going to have a brand new house. But you're working for it too. It's going to... I have never owned a home. I'm 43. I didn't never... I, no one taught me, right? Still, don't know how to... I, I can't get along. I don't know. I just can't... I don't own a home. But <laughs> I worked own, at a bank before too. I did work know? at a bank with my missing front tooth. That was hilarious. <laughs> I owed the bank money when they gave me that job. Really? Yeah, because I sold the, the, this, the manager of the bank a gym membership. He calls mm. up the gym and he's like, hey, I need to get some prices. I uh, want to come work out. I'm like, sorry, bro. We don't get prices over the phone. And he's like, well, then I'm not coming in. I'm like, cool, where are you at? He's like, I'm at work, I'm at the bank. I got in my car, I drove to the bank and I sold the guy a membership at the gym. And he was so impressed that like for two years, he's like, you gotta come work for me at the bank. You know, so yeah. I leave the trainer dude and I go become a banker. That was a, <laughs> that wasn't good. It was fun. <laughs> I, two years I worked at the bank, but. Really? Yeah, yeah. And I had a fake tooth by then. I had to take it in and out. Yeah. But I was still smoking weed at the time. Right. Right, so I forget sometimes because I go outside and like smoke a joint, go back in, handle people's money. Not good, right? <laughs> and then I forget to put my front tooth back in. It was a hot mess you know it was just uh, another time in my life where i was just living right yeah. trying to trying to trying to be great you know and well and, and one thing that i i do uh for your journey now and i see it i see your boys you're raising your boys yeah and, you know you've had you had three daughters when you were very young yep and now i see these boys and they seem so happy yeah they seem so energetic they, they're little beasts yeah i mean how is that being a dad now at the second time around basically yeah. you've been dad for your whole life basically your whole life ever since i was a kid yes is it different now 100 percent. there's a lot of uh um at first there's i don't know what the word is but like i was you know because of the relationship with my daughters even though i have a great relationship with them right we all just love each other so much but i felt guilty because i get to give the boys this different life right you know but there's just so much love you know and there's just like I, I fished with them. Like my, my life exists right now because of them. Hmm. I don't care anymore. I've done everything I wanted to do. I'm only 43, but I did so much cool stuff Yeah. when I shouldn't have been able to. Like right. I go do things for them. Like they're the reason I, I, I like, I'm, I'm just, I want them to win. I want them to smile. I want them to suffer. I want mm -hmm. them to work hard. Mm -hmm. And, but I love, I love it. I love being a dad. We just had a baby girl on Christmas day. Like I have six kids now. I'm have six grandkids. What? Like I'm 43. <laughs> Jeez. Right. Like, and, but being a dad now is it's the same, but I get to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to spend time with my girls ever. Right. I just didn't get to, I was three Working. jobs. Mm -hmm. I never saw them. I and, never, I was never home. And Maddie has been, I love Maddie. Yeah. I mean, what is her Instagram? Mad booty. Mad booty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause she got the booty, you know what I mean? Like I mad booty. Yeah. 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 I mean, she is just one of a kind and I love seeing you guys happy I love seeing your kids happy. I love the Nick the Trinity journey. And it was so special the other day. So you were in a contest with uh, Sean Remington's yeah. got yeah. another trainer. Yep. You guys started on February 1st. The yep. goal was to climb 50,000 feet. And, and whoever got there first in the month of February was 
the champ. Right. There's no trophy or money. But our, our little <laughs> mountain over here is a thousand. What is it? Is it a thousand it's feet? It's a thousand feet. Give or take what the GPS says. Some days it's 996 and some days it's a thousand twenty, but it's a thousand feet. In about a mile and a half. 1.4. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like you guys were hitting that mountain. Hard. And it was neck and neck. We were like down. Well, we you were out there with me. Mm-hmm. You didn't know this was going on. You were no. just like, hey, let's get some summits in. I'm like, cool. I got to get some in anyway. <laughs> right. And then, but Sean was ahead of me all the whole time because I'm, I'm, I'm busy. Right. But I'm getting summits in at two in the morning, nine at night, 10 at a time, whatever. I'm just getting them in. But I'm still behind mm. 4,000 feet. I'm behind. So I'm like seven or eight summits, which is about a 45 minute round trip when you're fresh for me and about 55 when you're tired. (laughs) Yeah. And you and I, you did 11 and I was at nine and I got one more in and a half and I was on my way back down and Sean only had two to go. Yeah. And he comes from work and I see his headlamp coming up in the dark. What time was that? It was like like nine o'clock. It was like eight thirty nine. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. That when I saw it was about seven thirty. Okay. When I saw we finished about nine. But it was dark. It was dark. We've been out there since I met you at noon, right? (laughs) And it's dark. And but when I saw his headlamp, like I was relieved. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's done. Yeah. But at the same time, I was crushed because I just grinded oh. 50,000 feet almost just to be a thousand feet behind him. Yeah. But it was so cool just to like be living and just have a competition with someone. A healthy competition. For no reason. Right. And everybody's like, you're crazy. You're, and I'm like, why? Because we're climbing a mountain? Yeah. I even yeah. had a guy this month was like, you're being a little too healthy. Uh, and this is a smoker and a drinker. Yeah. Like he's out of shape. And he's like, I, I think he's being too healthy. I'm like, yeah. is, is there anything like too yeah. healthy? You know, but it was just awesome. And watching another man like sacrifice his soul just to beat me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For nothing. He's, he's tough too. He's I tough. Mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a lot of grinding. I did 25 summits in from Friday it's 7 p.m. Till Wednesday. Till Wednesday at 7 p.m. I yeah. did 25 summits in like 63 miles and on I, a mountain. There was like 25,000 feet of climbing. I know. that. I mean. I've cramped the the <laughs> night. Like no one knows this. But like after you left and I made it back to the gym, I had to sleep on the couch. Yeah. I cramped so hard that I <laughs> belly crawled to the bathroom <laughs> and I was biting the couch because I was in so much pain, but no one's there. I'm Where like belly crawling in my, in those tendons in my yeah, legs. Cause okay. I, the last hour we were drinking all day. Remember we were peeing and drinking and yeah, we were yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I, I forgot I didn't drink for like an hour and a half. Mm. Well, that caught up to me Yeah, and it didn't while I was working. But when I was done, yeah. I got up to go pee at midnight and I moved off the couch and my legs locked up <laughs> and I'm belly crawling and I'm <laughs> Like, why? I'm like, it's so much pain. And I was like, you're such a ding dong. Oh. You could have just been in bed at your trailer with your woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? And here you are laying on the gym floor at midnight. Hey. Just And I got to work in four hours. You know, I got people coming in just ready for me to be motivating. Right. You know, the whole deal, you know, but it was just, it's the grind. It's fun. Now it's over and you're like, what's next? Yeah. No, it's, if we... I don't know that that little mountain. It's so. I mean, my brother's always there. Always, we saw Tanner there. Yeah, you know, and, and, his, and he, the, Tanner, like I'm there. Here comes Tanner in some white socks, which I haven't seen anybody wear since like 1980, <laughs> right? And some shoes that look like Crocs, but he said they were something different. I don't know. He called them Vans. Yeah. yeah, but they had holes in them. They were right. like plastic Crocs, and right. it's snowing. Yeah, he's just casually cruising up the mountain twice. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and then we were talking about, so my brother's there all the time too. Yeah. Did, have, but we haven't seen him in a few days. We haven't seen him in a few days. Yeah. yeah. So we called and checked on him. He's good. But he, I looked up his stats. He's climbed 118,000 feet of climbing your brother since January 1st. This was mm. four days ago. Right. And over 420 miles running. And this dude has a full-time job. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's one of a kind for sure. He's tough in the mountains. That's why people, I was wondering, I asked a sheep guy just last night because I, I knew Taylor had been putting in a bunch of miles, so, but I'm like, I wonder how a sheep guide who that's what he does for his Climbs. job compares. And so I asked him, but he, he's one, one of the most famous sheep guides there is, but he didn't know. And I didn't know if people track it. Yeah. Cause yeah. everybody's wearing watches and stuff. Yeah. But I just knew Taylor, you know, he'll get 500,000 feet of climbing a year. Yeah. I mean, it's just what he does. And it's just like, I don't know if people realize how much work that is. That's so many miles. It's so many. That's why I, he's so good at running. Yeah. At the it's just who he is. I mean, I, at that point I had put in like 76,000 feet this year. This mm -hmm. was a few days ago. Now yeah. I'm at like 85. And I'll, I'll, I've, all I've done is gone to the mountain. Yeah. I've literally been there at one, two, three o'clock in the morning a lot yeah. this year. And this dude's 50,000 more feet ahead of me. Yeah. It's he's... just, but it's that same desire, right? You talk to Taylor and he lived a, a, a certain life and made some decisions that mm -hmm. weren't great. He's and had he, some demons, yeah. And he, and he changed it. And it's the same thing. And it's why it's so cool. Like I love health and fitness. I love what I get to do for my life and helping people like change their life. And it just boils back to like moving and having a desire. And it's, it was the vision of what I wanted out of my gym and how I made it happen and what I get to do with my life and what you inspire people to do. Like, I remember you told me one time you were at a trade show and you're Cam Haynes, you're the bow hunting guy. But no one talked to you about bow hunting. They only talked to you about running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, it was so weird. Everybody just wanted to talk about my 200-mile run, and they weren't interested yeah. in the big bull I killed, you know, or right. whatever. Right? I mean, whatever means we have, we can connect with people. We can. I think that's the, the message, too. What I see in you is, like, connecting with people because pe everybody knows Nick the Trainer, dude. Everybody knows you're smiling. But you can make people better. Yeah. And what I've always said, if we're not here to make a positive impact on the world— then what's the point? What are we doing? That's what we're, yeah. we're supposed to be lifting each other up. Absolutely. And you exemplify that better than anybody that I know. I mean, like I said, when I see you, I'm automatically up and it's like, I, I that's so valuable. I mean, I appreciate you so much for what you offer the community and what you offer me. Well, I appreciate that. And I just, I love you, man. It's been a, it's the, it's just awesome. I just, I'm just a blessed man to have everybody a part of my life, to be here, to share part of my story. Just, but even just more than that, it's just like, uh, it just, it's just life is pretty cool, man. And, and it's, it is hard. Everything about it is hard and it's hard right now, but it's so cool when you just get up and you just go be your best. You know, and, and, and for me, it, faith is a big part of it and just mm -hmm. waking up and giving glory to God. And just like today, my worries are not mine. They're yours. I'm just going to go have fun. Mm -hmm. And if I feel like praying with people, I'm going to pray. And if I have to give my car away, <laughs> I'm going to give my car <laughs> away, right? Or whatever it is, you know, my wife, she's always like, man, you give away all of our money. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. You know, yeah. like it, it just like, I just, it watching other people smile Mm -hmm. What is better than that? I don't know. Because it's hard. Yeah. No matter who you are, I don't care who you are. You could be the wealthiest person, the hat, what, smiling, 
And I didn't for so long mm-hmm. that it's why, you know, you know, and no one saw me then, you know, right. no one knew me, but I just was hiding. I was scared. What, what is the, I'm doing all those jobs and all this stuff. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. And even now, like I suck at running. I'm a crappy bow know. hunter. You, you I'm getting good. better. When we ran together yeah. <laughs> that first time you met me, it's like, that was pretty good pace. You were, you're yeah. the good runner. I'm moving awesome and I feel good, but I'm not like, I'm never going to be like, the world's best bodybuilder or mm-hmm. the world's best bow hunter or the world's best runner. But I keep, you say it a lot, other people say it. And I've had to realize it to myself. I'm like, you're just a man with a great heart. Yeah. And that's your purpose, bro, is share that love. And I do these things for me, these weird, hard things because mm-hmm. I want to do them. But I'm realizing as I'm aging, like my purpose is to just hug people, Mm -hmm. make them feel better and give you hope because I don't care where you're at in your life or how hard it is. There's a better day coming. Mm -hmm. There is a better day coming and you just have to go through that storm, baby. And you got to smile while you're doing it because there is a better day. And I'm realizing at this point in my life that I'm not going to go win a hundred mile race and I'm not going to be the top bodybuilder in the world or my, the best bow hunter. I mean, I've hunted like 20 years and killed like six bulls, you know, like (laughs) I'm I'm still going to go Yeah, and I'm going to try. And I still haven't killed bigger than a two point buck in 20 (laughs) years. I've killed a lot of two points because I can't not shoot. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. But that's not my purpose. Mm -hmm. You always talk about like you, your passion for bow hunting makes you live. Right. And it Mm -hmm. has your entire existence. And, and I kept wondering, what is it for me? Is it bodybuilding? Is it X? What is it? And it's just, it's stopping on the street, just like I did the other day. And I just see someone struggling Mm -hmm. and I just get out of my car and I give them a hug and I hand them some chips and I'm like, go get some lunch, buddy. Have a great day. Yeah. And they're like, why are you give the gas station guy like 20 bucks? And he's like, oh, my best day ever. You know, and I'm like, that's my purpose. That's I mean, that is a beautiful purpose. Yeah. and And I love it. I mean, it's that giving heart. It's that loving heart. If that's I don't know if there's could be anything more powerful than a purpose like that yeah. and you you are living it you're doing it um you make me better and i appreciate you well, i appreciate you man and i thank you very much for just having me here and it was an honor to be here just being with you i appreciate it well i'm excited to watch you to keep keep crushing it and yeah. uh you're gonna get a hundred mile or first you're gonna get a hundred k then you're gonna get a hundred mile or done right yep i got three planned i got a, a 50 50k in one month mm-hmm. and i'm gonna go test myself i want to i've been running a lot and i'm gonna take this month and and train a little differently than all the summits i'm gonna still get lots of climbing in but i'm yeah. gonna do some more running yeah on flat and just incorporate it all and then i'm gonna go race a 50k which a year ago it was just like, let's finish a 50 K. Yeah, right. So I just want to see what time I can get. Mm-hmm. And then in July, I'm going to go to a hundred K and with like 12,000 feet of climbing and the mm-hmm. last 4,000, I guess are at the end. So it's going to push me. Yeah. And then I signed up for a hundred miler, uh, August 26th with a buddy of mine, uh, big Joe. Big Joe and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just so pumped right now to like go on this journey. I am having a hard time because I like being jacked <laughs> and I think I'm still jacked, but I feel, you know, cause you know me, right? Yeah. I just feel skinny and uh, I don't care though. I'm just like, I'm lifting still. I'm doing my thing. I eat eight times a day, whatever, but right. this is what I'm doing right now. And as long it. as I can stay injury free, 
I'm going to go through with this and then I'm going to go hunting Yeah, and I'm going to try and kill a couple bulls. And I, I got a brand ready. new house and I got to replenish the mounts in there. You know what I mean? I so I, I, I'm going to go and my boy gets to hunt this year for the first time. And I'm just so pumped because he's nine Yeah, and I get to go like take him and, and you know, use some mentor tags yeah. and like, I'm just so blessed. You know what I mean? To be where I'm at in my life. And it's just such a, it's it, all of it is awesome, man. It's just wow. great. I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that you're so happy. It like, it warms my heart. I love hearing the stories. I love hearing of the big goals and I know you're going to crush them. And even if you don't, you're going to be smiling. I'm still going to smile. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we've already overcome so much. There's no, I was talking with Sean yesterday after he crushed me and I'm like sitting there like, <laughs> oh, but I was like, there's never going to be like you, you said it like the hundred miles is going to be the hardest day ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that a lot and I'm like, it's going to physically, it's going to push me. Mm -hmm. But I, but because I've already lived such hard days, right. that had nothing to do with fun. Right. There can never, I'm never going to live that hard pain again. Yeah. Right. And it was why, like when the house burnt down, I'm just up the next day, mopping the gym mm -hmm. floor. Let's go to work because we're just going to keep going. People are going to die. People are going to get sick. We mm. all have things, right? You have to keep going yeah. until your day is done. Right. And if you don't know what your purpose is or you don't know what that thing is, keep going until you it find out. it. Mm -hmm. But sitting around thinking about it mm -hmm. is not going to get you there. No. You have to go do three hard jobs that mean nothing to find out that you don't want nothing to do with those three jobs. And I do You've believe done that. I do believe God, he can, he'll, he's going to reward effort. So if he sees you not doing shit, you're probably not going to get many blessings. Not many. But if you're working, that effort will be rewarded. Absolutely. At, at some point. Might, who knows how long it'll take. Maybe it takes like, 10 years. Like you said, you had harder days after you had faith. But eventually, here we are. It got better. And, you know, I was thinking about that. That race will be your hardest day physically. But the difference is, is that pain will be temporary. Yes. Where when you were grinding and you were in pain and you didn't, you didn't know if it was ever going to end. I didn't. I really didn't know. I questioned it a lot. I cried a lot. I was sad. Mm -hmm. Like, and I didn't know, you know, when I was in rehab, when I was 17, I cried so much. They gave me like this bottle of shampoo when I graduated that said no more tears because mm -hmm. life was just hard. Yeah. And I was only 17. I ain't even started the hard stuff yet, but just the way I was raised was hard. There was some bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. There's a, that's a whole nother podcast, right? <laughs> there was just a lot of stuff and how I was raised that was hard. Yeah. And, but it, 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 uh, it, we just, we just keep moving forward, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and enjoying and having that goal out there though. Yeah. Like it's exciting. You know how long I've wanted to run a hundred miles because of you, like, honestly, like for a long time and it is scared the living shit out of me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still scared, but I'm more confident because I keep yeah. doing hard stuff. And I'm like that day I did the first 10, mm -hmm. I build in the house with a buddy. We're doing it together. So I'm, I worked 10 or 12 hours on the house hauling sheets of plywood. Mm -hmm. Then I went and did the 10 summits. Then I didn't sleep. And then I hauled more sheets of plywood for 12 hours. And I was like, oh, this was 48 hours of getting ready for a hundred. Yeah, right. I was on my it was feet. All training. Oh, it was miserable. Yeah. But it yeah. was just training, right? And I'm like, but having that vision, mm -hmm. just like those bodybuilding shows or how I opened my gym or all these things, and you you constantly every year have I don't know them, but you know them. I guarantee you already know what you're doing this year mm -hmm. or what you're going to go attempt. Yeah. And that's where people make the mistake, right? You're you, you, 
pick something. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It scares you in every aspect of your life and then go do it. Yeah. And if you fail, get up and try again. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to keep, keep hammering. <laughs> That's why I love your stuff, right? Everybody in my whole life, I always wear your stuff, right? And they're yeah. like, why don't you wear your own stuff? And I'm like, I don't, what, what is my stuff? I'm just a trainer, dude. You can't get anything better than keep hammering and nobody cares work harder. Right. Or yesterday I wore, must be nice. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. I, I mean, let's keep setting those big goals. Yep. Let's keep crushing it. You keep making people smile. I appreciate and, it. And, uh, it's going to be a win. It is going to be a win. Love I you, appreciate brother. it. Yeah, I love you love too, you, man. Thank you. Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops is a sponsor of the podcast. And that's especially powerful for me because I remember when Cabela's came to town, came to Springfield, Oregon, and I actually played a role in the opening of that store. Instead of cutting the grand opening ribbon with scissors, I shot it with an arrow. And it was just a monumental thing. I mean, everybody here in town was talking about, hey, are you going to go to Cabela's? Can you believe Cabela's is coming here to Springfield, Oregon? So I know what a staple those giants in the industry are. And it's actually, it's one of the first places people go when they're looking to get geared up to be to become a hunter is they go to Cabela's and buy everything they need. So I'm very excited that we've partnered together and we can help open up those outdoor and hunting opportunities to listeners of this podcast. Leupold Optics has been providing my binoculars and eyewear for the last few years. I like that it's an Oregon company and they make such high quality glass. That's all I've really used. And if you can't find what you're hunting, it's going to be tough to kill. So Leupold Optics has really played an integral part in my success these last few years. Thank you, Leupold, for supporting the podcast.